Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, welcome to Tag Talk. Uh, this is what this is episode ten. Is it? No, it's Ooh, episode nine. nine. Ten is okay. nine. <laughs> I, I'm Kylie. This is Haley. And we have a lot of tag team news to get into this week. We have we multiple promotions, lots going on. But of course, we have to start with the Hung Bucks update. And I have a special Hung Bucks update intro video for you all this week. Um, so listen, it's not perfect. Don't get on me about it. I made it this morning. Let's go. So for the first time in a long time, we've got the young bucks and Hangman Page on screen together. Do we think that his like injury helped him see? Maybe, maybe Adam Cole's like whispering in the ear of Retrograph and he's like, hey, like they murdered me. <laughs> and as me. And, and maybe maybe they try to murder the young bucks and they get saved by Hangman. <laughs> oh, Okay, so Kylie texted me because I never see these before she does them. They just get sprung on me. I love it. Um, and she was like, I mainly just did it to like pop us, to be honest. And I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. <laughs> I consider me popped. Okay. <laughs> Listen, we've been on the Hung Bucks train now for basically the entirety of Tag Talk. <laughs> like the first months. episode. <laughs> first episode, we were like, hey, Hung Bucks. And, and you know what? People are starting to realize it. We're the leaders of the Hung Bucks Revolution. Uh, it's gotten to the point now where a few people thought that we coined the term Hung Bucks. Um, we didn't for everyone watching. I wish. That would be so I would cool. love that TK money, you know? Like, I would- Listen, if TK stole an idea from us, I'd be way more angry <laughs> than yes. I have been. Yeah. Oh, man. But it looks like, it looks like we're finally getting Hung Bucks. And I'm not going to say I told you so. But I think we told you so. We told you so. Um, So for people who maybe didn't see Being the Elite, and Haley told me that she rewatched it because she forgot everything that happened on it. Well, listen, because I blacked out after Dynamite happened, okay? like (laughs) Uh, But on Being the Elite, basically the first scene is Adam Cole, and he's wearing a very specific shirt, but Adam Cole sitting, like, on his bed. He's watching presumably dynamite and he sees the scene where uh, the segment where the young bucks you know encounter hangman page in the hallway and they're talking whatever and he's you know visibly upset by this and you know there's lots of different things that could happen here maybe he you know remembered that the young bucks murdered him maybe he's just upset that they're not friends with bobby fish i don't know but adam cole was very upset yeah well and I think it's important to also say that when he was, oh, I shouldn't get to it. We're not, okay, we're not there yet. <laughs> never mind, never mind, never mind. I, look at me, ready to jump into it. Okay, I'm excited. But I'll get to that later. Never mind. Um, yes. Okay. Okay, but yeah. Um, 
I was surprised to see this open uh, the episode. I was like, ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if, like, maybe he saw that and then, like, it just triggered something. Yeah, listen, there's so many different, you know, story things they can do with this. you got to watch Being the Elite. And we're filming this on a Saturday, so we haven't seen Monday's Being the Elite yet. No. But, I'm listen. Listen, it's going to, if they don't give us anything on Being the Elite, it's a shame. Because I'm ready for it. But some people did point out uh, the shirt that Adam Cole was wearing. It was, you know, I'm not a video game person, so I don't know the name of this character. But it's from Final Fantasy, and it's a one-winged angel. So... We're getting some Kenny Omega teases going on. And he went on Twitter and tweeted um, some lyrics to One Winged Angel. Um, he deleted the tweet, though, but it was there. It was there. Yeah, I have a screenshot. I have a screenshot. I have proof that it happened. Oh, yes, me too. But but so we're getting some Kenny Omega, you know, teases. And it's weird that it's coming from Adam Cole. Which Especially was- considering, like, the way that they left off when Kenny went off TV and kind of him being like cleaner. I got this, you know, like, yeah. And you know, there's, and it's it's like, um, (laughs) like storyline wise, there's so many things they could do. Like Adam Cole and Kenny could be friends. Like Adam could think Kenny is, is his friend and Kenny could turn on him. Like there's so many different things they could do. And I do feel like they were improvising a little bit, sort of waiting for Kenny Omega, but the hung bucks reunion on dynamite, if you can call it that, I'm going to call it a reunion. Yes. <laughs> what a moment. So for, for people who maybe didn't see, um, basically it was the undispu- advertised Undisputed Elite promo segment. Uh, they come out, Adam Cole's on the mic. He's like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, the, you know, there's five of us and it's a trios tournament and mm-hmm. I'm not cleared and Kyle O'Reilly isn't cleared. And the Young Bucks didn't choose Bobby Fish to be their partner. And he basically says, so you can't do it. You can't do the tournament. And the Young Bucks are like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? And then basically Adam Cole says, well, you're not going to be physically able to do the tournament. And they're attacked by, you know, the undisputed elite minus the the, the undisputed part of the undisputed elite. <laughs> and they're really just getting, <laughs> they're getting destroyed by these guys. And they are saved by none other than Hangman Page, who comes out with a pipe. <laughs> yeah, he's got a pipe. He's 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 in, you know, just casual clothes and he saves them. And then he chases them off. He turns around slowly because I think he realizes that his back is to Matt Jackson, his you know, mortal enemy. And he extends his hand to Matt Jackson and helps him up, which is a big moment because those two are like the angry ones. Like Nick and Kenny were just kind of there, <laughs> like just living their life. But Matt and Hangman really being the ones to reconcile is so weird, like storyline wise. But I'm, listen, if Matt Jackson can put aside his differences and forgive Hangman, the Hangman can do the same. All I'm saying is they could win the trios belts. And I think that they will at this point. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, after Dynamite aired, I went a little off the rails um, because I remembered that Hangman had tweeted about um, the modern butterfly population and like 80% of its numbers being depleted. And then he comes out on Dynamite and butterfly genes. And at first I was like, oh, it's just like, you know, like calling like action to a good cause. You know, he's done that before. 
And then I was like, you know what? It's that, but it's deeper. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out my Twitter. I have like a whole thing, um, on Body Slam. Y'all can read my thoughts on that. But, um, I am interested to see how this plays out. When Adam was attacking Matt, you know, he was like, did you think I would forget what you did to me? Like, did you think I would forget? I mean, you know, he was kicked out of Bullet Club, poisoned by Matt and Nick. Yeah. I'm, I can't wait to see where this goes. And yeah, I'm to see if Hangman even chooses the box to begin with. I hope he does. I think we're definitely, with Hangman, definitely going to see some hesitation. Because I think the Dark Order are really, you know, Hangman did say, you know, the four of you, you can win the trio tournament. You don't need me. You don't need anyone. But I think the Dark mm-hmm. Order is going to be a little hurt by that. Maybe a little angry that he would, you know forgive the the young bucks so easily after it was the dark order who lifted him up and got him back into the world title picture and all these things but the relationship you know going back to adam cole the relationship between adam cole and kenny omega it's i and i i don't know when kenny Mm -hmm. omega's returning hopefully it all out um it'll definitely be hopefully soon especially with all the teases and stuff but i don't know like are the Young Bucks going to be welcoming of Kenny Omega? Like, is Hangman going to be welcoming of Kenny Omega? Because Kenny Omega, in the promo segment before he left, before he went out for his injuries, he said he hadn't watched the Hangman match back. And, you know, if you th- think back to what I think it was Full Gear, the Young Bucks had two opportunities to stop Hangman from winning, and they didn't. They let him beat Kenny Omega. So there's maybe going to be some animosity there. I don't know. I'm just there's so there's so many little tiny story elements that could impact where this goes. And I went back and I watched BTE 300 um, the other day, uh, and I remembered that Kenny was in that episode, and he did his whole like watching of like dynamite and like all that stuff, and he was asking how Adam is doing, and he specified that he meant Hangman, and so I thought that was interesting. Uh, I completely forgot that that happened. I blacked out. Um, but then, you know, he goes to call the Bucks, and they don't answer. So. Yeah, I <clears throat> I feel like maybe we need a little more Young Bucks content to explain where they are, like where they're at. Because we've seen a lot of story progression of the Young Bucks slowly becoming discontented with the Undisputed Elite. And, you know, it wasn't the same. They don't consider them really their friends the way they do Kenny and Hangman. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like maybe this week on Being the Elite, we'll see a little bit more. uh, And we'll gain some more understanding about the Young Bucks. And Because I think they're definitely into the trios. You know, the, the Dynamite segment, Brandon Cutler mentioned the trios. And they were very intrigued by it. And, you know, the natural fit for them in trios is Kenny Omega. But Kenny's not here. And so all they ha- the only elite member left is Hangman. And when the crowd chanted, they did the elite chant on this segment where Hangman um, helps him up. I was like... And, and a lot of people, my heartstrings, too. Yeah, and a lot of people have been saying, you know, not to turn this into, like, something it isn't, but... Mm-hmm. A lot of people have been saying, well, AEW is so formulaic, like it's so stagnant, it's stale, but it really isn't. And if you think it is, then you're just not paying attention. AEW storytelling is very slow and it's very much like little moments and you have to piece them together yourself. And we're seeing that here with the Hung Buck story. 
So just give it time, guys. Like, AW is fine. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, to that point as well, like, people are just so used to, like, half-assed stories or, like, fast-paced storytelling or really not a story at all. So to have things play out. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Out for like years and years on end, like, you know, you're going to get a reward. I mean, we always do, especially with the elite, so. Yeah, um, and it looks like if Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly aren't cleared, like they aren't actually cleared and they won't be cleared by the tournament, it looks like maybe they won't be in this tournament, which is kind of a shame. Um, but it makes it more likely that we'll get a Dark Order and Elite final instead of like a semifinal or something. Which I think the Dark Order have always been a lot better than they've been given credit for. And I think that they could be legitimate trios contenders, even with the four of them. But I don't know. Trios without Red Dragon and Adam Cole is going to be kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Well, I think even though if they're not in fact cleared and they won't be in the tournament um i do think that they could still obviously like take part in it um especially with cole's connection to the dark order and like the whole budge thing yeah um, i feel like he could definitely like come down to the ring with o'reilly um and maybe even bobby fish too and they could interfere in the match and try to cost the bucks and hangman if it is hangman and then maybe that's when we see kenny I don't know. That's just my fantasy booking brain going crazy and my chai tea, but <laughs> I have um a root beer, A and W. It's really good. Okay, Danhausen. But <laughs> speaking of Danhausen, what a good segue. Basically, uh, we also on Rampage, which was yesterday when we're recording this, we basically got confirmation that the best friends will be in the trio tournament. So Trent, Chucky, and Orange Cassidy. Which I'm so excited for. I really want to see them do something a little edgier. Maybe something, you know, we haven't seen from them before. Um, And I think back to the street fight. The best friends versus proud and powerful. That street fight. I want to see more of that. And I'm hoping we do in the trio tournament. I really think that they could go far. Especially if the Undisputed Elite or Cole and Red Dragon. If they aren't involved. I think there's a lot of room for teams to step up. And I'm just hoping that those teams that step up aren't Jericho Appreciation Society. You know, oh boy. But, <laughs> but there are a lot of like hard hitting options um, that you could place the best friends up against. I mean, House of Black. Yeah. Ooh. That'd be so good. What a contrast, but like in a good way. Yeah. I would like to see that. And just imagine like Danhausen just like, you know, cursing. Oh, listen. I love it. Yeah, and speaking of House of Black, um, they haven't been doing a lot of anything since their, like, Death Triangle um, feud, but I don't know, like, all this stuff about them with Miro, like, they they misted Miro, and now Miro's, like, he's talking about this girl in his head, and, like, all this stuff, like, Miro, Miro to House of Black, do we think? Maybe. It, uh, listen, the whole, like, That'd be interesting with the whole like God thing just like spinning right on its head. Crazy. I would like to see that. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'd be su I'd be super into that. And I've been trying to push for a long time for a House of Black just like absolute tear. Just win every belt. Like give 
you know, Julie Hart, the women's belt. And then if there's going to be another woman, she can have the TBS belt. And, you know, you have tag belts, you have singles belts, like give them all to the House of Black, because no matter what, when the House of Black entrance starts, the crowd is excited. Literal chills every time. It's a cool entrance, and the crowd knows that all of these people in this faction are super talented, so they're ready for anything. And that's so special, and especially for AEW, who there's a lot of trios who kind of, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Gun Club, I'm thinking, like, like Varsity Blondes. There's a lot of tag teams and trios that aren't really at that caliber yet uh, in AEW, so I don't know. And Death Triangle, I don't know if we're going to get Death Triangle, because... We have we have Pac who's in England, do, you know, defending that the what the Atlantic Belt, what is it? all Atlantic oh, Championship, Atlantic. and he's doing stuff, you know, with Kip Sabian now apparently. So I don't know if we, if we don't get that, if we don't get that triangle, that's a major loss for the trios. So we're out undisputedly, maybe out Death Triangle. Uh, we still have BCC. I don't think we're getting the eight-team field we wanted. No, I don't either. Okay, so Kylie and I, I don't know if we've mentioned this, but I think, what was it, last week? Yeah. When we were done filming, um, we were talking about the trios, and we sat here and made, like, an entire bracket of who we thought could potentially be in this tournament. <laughs> and, like, as the week, as the days go on and, like, the weeks go by, we're like, uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, like, losing all our teams. And I, it's going to be so sad if they have to do a four-team field and just do a semifinals and a finals because that would be I don't – listen, trios belts is a big deal, and there's so yeah. many great trios, and I want to see them all. But we didn't get any trios matches for the tournament this week. And, you know, All Out is in a month. Well, less than a month. It's on September 4th, and today's August 6th. So we got to pick it up, and I – you know, I would be happy with a four-man field because I love trios, and trios are my favorite matches, and I would love to see the hung box. But I don't know. It's just so much misused talent right now. Yeah. Well, and, too, like, these are the belts that, like, everybody has been so excited for and clamoring for since AEW was founded. Like, everybody has wanted mm-hmm. this. And it just kind of feels like they're becoming an afterthought or, like, I don't know. It kind of feels like they're coming in real fast. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I'm down for that. I would have rather maybe we waited a little longer just so we could have like a bigger field than to push it this fast and only have a select few teams. Yeah. I'm glad you're getting it regardless. And I was thinking about this because Tony Khan did say he was waiting for Kenny Omega to do trios. And, you know, Fightful Select reported that Kenny Omega is nearing a return. We don't have, like, a date or a context or anything. But I wonder if that's what happened, that Kenny was, like, somewhat cleared or was, like, the doctor said he's close to being cleared and they just had to rush it for All Out. Because the announcement came really fast and really close to All Out, you know, by AW standards, really close to the pay-per-view. And, you know, Kenny might be returning and maybe he's not ready to wrestle yet. Maybe we... You know, he just hangs around and then he wrestles eventually. Maybe like Haley and I were talking about this, maybe at the Canada debut in October, maybe, maybe even at full gear. I don't know, but it does feel a little bit rushed. But we did, you know, get Swerve in our glory doing stuff with as a tag team. You know, they weren't on dynamite, they didn't really have a story. Uh, they beat Josh Woods and Tony Nice, which was, it was a great match on Rampage. Did you see it? I did. 
it was I'm always so down good. for like a good street fight you know i just i love it yes it was so good and swerving our glory is so over people love to do that keith lee uh mm-hmm. song and you know whose house works out and i want these guys to get a legitimate story going into all out and just have a killer tag match so hear me out oh i know what you're gonna say so coming so also on dynamite we didn't even talk about this there's a dumpster match which was basically a coffin match but with the dumpster and the acclaimed Mm -hmm. one and i've been on i you know i've been you know the leader of the acclaimed agenda since the beginning the acclaimed versus swerve in our glory for the tag belts at all out tell me that wouldn't be great it would be and both teams are so over the crowd mm-hmm. loves both of them so much. And the acclaimed to me are a team. Like, everybody says that they're, like, overrated or whatever. I don't think that way. Um, mm-hmm. I love the acclaimed. I think that they're so fun. They bring something different to the tag division. And I think, you know, they deserve this opportunity to kind of prove while they're yeah. their team. And the dumpster match was a lot of fun. And a lot mm-hmm. of people were hating on it because it wasn't realistic. It was whatever. But that, that match was a, does not need to be realistic all the time. We can have fun yeah. stuff too. Okay, let it's, a, it's a dumpster match, guys. Yeah. Like, but uh, I thought the match was a lot of fun. I thought the acclaimed really shined. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think that was by design because I do think we're getting an acclaimed push, and I do think they're next in line because you you can't do FTR at this point, um, especially with all the stuff that happened on Twitter yesterday with you know people talking about the Bucks bearing FTR and Dax getting involved. And I think you keep FTR off TV and then push them into the Young Bucks feud the moment they come they come back. I think that would be a lot more impactful and better for FTR and the Young Bucks than having them be involved with Swerve in Our Glory. And it's a great opportunity to really start building the tag division because you have all these teams like the Acclaimed and you know, the Varsity Blondes and the Gun Club and all these guys who are younger tag teams and just have kind of been sitting for a long time. And it's a great chance to really elevate the acclaimed, up, especially with, you know, the loss of Proud and Powerful and people becoming involved in trios instead of tag teams. So, listen, if Tony Khan is stepping up because things are going to change in WWE and you know he wants to step up by having the acclaimed Russell Swerve in our glory at all out in a good spot on the card who am I to say no to that listen I just feel like you know things presumably are going great with WWE right now and you know when things like this happen and companies step up like everybody wins you know everybody eats there's something for everybody we only benefit from it so why not yeah, and, you know, I don't want to go off on a tangent on this, but I just want to say my piece on it. When WWE does well and people like it, that is good for everybody else because WWE is the only promotion with a foot into the mainstream. Yeah, And you can talk about how good AEW is and Impact is and New Japan, but the truth of the matter is if, if wrestling is going to grow and more fans are going to get involved, it's going to be through WWE. That's just the truth. As of right now, you know, that's a 30 year old company. They have a lot, a big head start. So if WWE does well and indie stars do well in WWE and people get attached to them, it's good for everyone and the whole industry rises. So for me, I want indie talent to have as many places to work as possible. And if, if they want to sign a contract, of course. 
And if WWE does WWE style wrestling and they do it very, very well, and AEW does what they do very, very well, then every wrestler in North America or maybe even in the world has their pick of, you know, what kind of wrestling they want to do, where they fit better. And it's not like everyone's pigeonholed or they don't have any place they fit. So it's a good thing. And it's a good thing for tag team wrestling too, to have someone like Triple H in charge. And I have my gripes with him and his booking and a lot of the things he does, but I do think he cares about tag team wrestling a lot more than, you know, the old guard in WWE. I agree. And also, you know, people can't get mad at you for saying that because you know what? Britt Baker said the same thing. WWE is the top company and they're mainstream and she wants to help elevate AEW to that standard because they're just not there yet. And it's true. Yeah, and people are really not on AEW. It's just the truth. (laughs) And people expect AEW to, you know, be mainstream or maybe not to feel like they're second to WWE. Like they've been around for like three years. Three years. They're a three year old company. They're doing just fine. And, you know, people want to talk about viewership and analytics and whatever. And I don't want to get into that because I I honestly don't care. But AW is fine, and they are successful as a three-year-old company. Like people are acting like they're literally about to sink ship tomorrow. (laughs) Like people need to remember that, and they're like, "Oh, all these people are now going to ask for their release, and they're going to go wrestle for Triple H." Like, calm down, calm down. (laughs) AW is most of them are locked in long-term contracts right now with zero wanting to leave it all. Like they're fine. Yeah, and um, Tony Khan has never been someone to, like, deny releases. So, we're fine. Everyone just needs to calm down. WWE and AW and Impact and New Japan and Ring of Honor, everyone can do well. Like, we don't have, not. it's not one and then everyone else fails. Like, calm down. And especially with tag team wrestling, like, this is a good thing. So, moving into our WWE segment... Women's tag tournament. Women's tag title tournament. I'm so, shocked by this, to be honest. I'm. I was a little confused because the you know you know some backstory. You know Sasha and Naomi were the champs. They you know resigned, asked for the release. We there was reports that they were released. Reports they weren't released. I have no idea where they stand now. But basically, it was like there's going to be a women's tag title tournament. And then it never happened. And, you know, then Vince retired and now Triple H is in charge. And now we're getting this tournament. But I have a few concerns with it. One, there's, like, no good women's tag teams left that aren't in NXT. Two, to me, this says Sasha and Naomi aren't coming back. Really? And I say this... With the knowledge that C2E2 took down the Sasha Nomi graphic and uploaded it again without their WWE names or references to WWE. And they, you know, Sean Ross App reached out to C2E2 and they, when they took the graphic down, they said, no, she's still coming. And to me, I don't know. I feel like, you know, Triple H gets a lot more goodwill if he just gives them the titles and has them come back with the titles. And then we could do a number one contenders tournament. But I, this situation is bizarre to me. And I have honestly no idea who's going to be in this tournament. You know, maybe Toxic Attraction. Maybe we call them up. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I see. I was thinking differently. 
Um, because truthfully, they could have just like quietly retired these titles, like truthfully. Yeah. Um, no one would have noticed. <laughs> no, and Vince had no intention of even doing this tournament um, mm-hmm. after he said that he had. Um, so I was surprised to see it, and I was like, oh, maybe this means we will see Sasha and Naomi. I don't know. Maybe. And- maybe. And I had that thought, too. Like, maybe they'll be, um, like, a surprise entrant or something. But then also, like, with with them publicly having gripes with WWE and, you know, talking about this all publicly. What I don't know. I just feel like when we talk about Triple H building goodwill, having them come back and have to fight for the titles that they lost because they stood up for themselves. I don't know. And honestly, I don't know who else would be in this tournament. I think we could see, um, like, Io and Dakota. Um, I think we could see Toxic Attraction probably be called up. Um, maybe Alexa and Asuka, because they were doing stuff on TV. Yeah. We could see, like, the Bellas, Cool. I mean, they could bring in anybody, to be honest. Yeah, the women's division in WWE is still, you know, sparse. Um, Triple H, of course, brought back some some women, and I think he'll probably bring back more. Um, I don't know. Just having the tournament now, and there's not much of a division. Like, I would have saved the announcement for, you know, I would have built some teams and built some feuds and then just thrown it on there and watched teams. Like, we could have seen them react to the news, like, oh, we're going to beat you, we're going to beat you, so on. It just feels a little rushed, and I think, and, you know, I'm not hating on Triple H because, like I said, I think he's good for WWE. But I think he's rushing it, like, to build goodwill with the fans and to, you know, give the people what they want. And I'm not sure that's the best move here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think while, like, I, I like it and I'm glad that they're back, I, I wish that it would have been saved, like you said. I mean, it's not like... I mean, they were held off TV for months to begin with. Like, why not just wait a couple more months, a st- bring in more people, establish more teams, and then get a division going and then do it. Give it momentum. Yeah. I, I don't think the fans are going to get attached to it that much right now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because there's just not a division. And also, without Sasha and Naomi, like, not that people didn't care about the women's tag division, but, like... They didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the way the women's tag division was booked. And I have no oh, doubt that, you know, it'll be booked better moving forward. Because um, there's someone who actually cares, one, about women's wrestling, and two, yeah. about tag team wrestling in charge. I just, I, I'm afraid that, with you know, in the Triple H era, and I know people are going to hate this, but it's what I think is the reality. It's your opinion, baby, say it. I think we're in a honeymoon phase where fans are willing to accept anything and everything he gives because it's so different from what Triple H did. And he's doing a lot of the things that people wanted, like the Chompa push and the Ricochet push and, you know, bring back Dakota and and moving EO up and all this stuff. And I think we're going to reach a point where a lot of the things he's doing now are not going to be helpful long term for the company. And I think this, the women's tag title tournament is one because we're rushing it and because there's not a strong division yet. And there's no, 
you know, we don't have a lot of momentum. We don't have a lot of stories. It's kind of a shock that it's happening. And I think fans are going to want to see the matches because all the women involved are talented. But I think in the long term, this is a little, this devalues the titles instead of builds their value back up. Because it's sort of like the male tag division right now. Like, there's nobody left for them to face. So yeah. when whoever wins the women's tag tournament, okay, that's great. But are these teams going to stay teams? And are they going to be able to wrestle them? Like, are we going to start building a division for them to wrestle people? Like, you can't just put the titles on people and not have them defend the titles. I mean, yeah, and and a lot of the teams do feel a little makeshift. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're heels, so now we're friends. And, like, we're baby faces, so now we're friends, which can work. And all the people involved are super talented, so I'm excited for the matchups because the matches will be great. But if we're thinking, like like we said, like in the long term, I don't want this to become a thing where, you know, we hyped them up, we hyped up the women's tag titles just to get them out there because we knew people wanted them. And we wanted to continue, you know, the speculation about Sasha and Naomi. And we wanted people to draw back in the viewers who left because of Vince and came back because of Hunter. And I'm, listen... I'm all for the tag titles being brought back and I don't want, you know, people to think I'm not, but I don't think this is the way to do it. And I, I'm afraid of what this means for the division. And I'm saying this, you know, on August 6th, the tournament hasn't started. We just got an announcement and, you know, we're like a week into Triple H's, you know, era in WWE. So I have no knowledge, but knowing what I know about Triple H and knowing what I know about how he booked NXT black and gold, this is very characteristic of him. Yeah. Well, and too, like, you know, on social media, the WWE, like, social media team was tweeting, like, very baity things that made it seem like Sasha and Naomi may be coming back. Like, using, like, rear view and, like, all of these, like, Sasha and Naomi, like, buzzwords and terms. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm a little... Mm. Yeah, and if Sasha and Naomi do come back... I think it'll be good for the tag division, and I think, 100%. yeah, and I think they'll, you know, they'll be successful under Triple H because, you know, he does love them, and that's no secret. I just, I don't know, like, I'm getting the vibes that they aren't gonna be here. Yeah, I agree. And you know what, I feel like our gripes and our kind of, like, hesitation is warranted just because of things that have happened, and you know, we've always praised WWE when they do good, and we've also called out them when they do bad things. But I feel like, you know, our hesitation is warranted. <laughs> yeah, and um, I did say this when Triple H got promoted to, you know, the head of creative. Booking an hour of NXT Black and Gold on the network, where you can do basically whatever you want, is a lot different than booking three hours of Raw and, you know, NXT 2.0 and SmackDown. And I think people are, like I said, we're in the honeymoon phase. Like, we're just so excited to see new things, less rematches, whatever. I just feel like we need to be a little bit more critical because we, if we're good, if Triple H is really listening to the audience, if we're a little bit more critical and we say, we don't like this, this is weird, then we'll, maybe we'll see more changes that are beneficial. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, in the past, he has said, like, we're going to give you what you want. 
you know, that legendary promo and we didn't get what we wanted, but it's fine. But maybe we're going to get it now. And like you said, there's nothing wrong with being critical and positive at the same time. You know, you can be both. Yeah, I, th- I think looking back on NXT Black and Gold, um, a lot of people are a lot more critical about things that were done yeah. in NXT Black and Gold than they are than they were when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go back and I watch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this wasn't as good as I remembered it, but it was so different from main roster WWE that I loved everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I have so, so many fond memories of, you know, the Black and Gold brand. But I don't think it really stands up, and especially with AW in the mix now, not that AW is perfect, and I don't want people to call me an AW shill or anything like that. But I think the style of booking in AW is more aligned with the modern fan, and that's the audience that AW, not AW, WWE really wants to attract. And they hope that Triple H can do that. I just don't think that, I don't know, there's no proof of concept. (laughs) There isn't. Um, and I feel like the timing is also really interesting with, like, the announcement of the trio's titles in AEW, to be honest. And just, like, cause, you know, WWE fans really wanted something done with the women's tag belts. And he was like, oh, you know what? Right now. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, and you know what? We're, we're not hating on it. We want no. women's tag title. We want the tournament. We want the division. Because we love women's wrestling. We love tag team wrestling. But if we're all being honest and everyone watching this is being honest, it's a little sus. It is a little sus. But I'm excited for it. People, I think, will be in it. Probably Toxic Attraction. Maybe some other people from NXT. Probably <laughs> Bailey Squad. Do they have a name, that faction? Um, Elo, I Dakota, no, Bailey. but they were teasing, like, Control or something. Like, they were using... Oh, Oh, because the people are doing control your narrative jokes. Yeah. So probably them. So, listen, there's a lot of talented wrestlers they could do. I mean, they have time to build some stories and, you know, going into it. So, listen, I'm going to hold back a lot of my judgment until it happens. But I'm worried. <laughs> yeah, me too. But, like we said, you know, we'll see. We just got to wait it out and see what happens. So, in other tag team news, and I know Haley was really excited about Do you want to talk about the street fight? Do I want to talk about the street fight? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am excited about it. Um, yeah, so NWA is having a street fight rematch between The Hex and Pretty Empowered in a couple weeks here. I, I think at NWA 74. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um but I'm excited for it. I think that as of late, you know, Pretty Empowered, they, they, not that they stole the titles from the Hex, but that's not what I'm saying. But, you know, there's a little cheating going on. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited to see how it goes. I think that both teams are a lot more hard hitting lately than they have been in the past. They've had a couple rematches. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it's been real tough. I'm excited to see how it goes. I love street fights. Yeah. And I love, you know, women being involved in stipulation matches yeah. like this. Cause it wasn't too long ago when women were never doing this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think this match will be really good. And I don't, let me phrase this very carefully. I don't typically support 
the NWA. Yeah. But I will give credit where credit is is due and the women's division at nwa has had a lot of you know great moments since the revamp and i'll give them credit for that and one of the big reasons for that is the hex Mm -hmm. i think they're great and i think they deserve you know to be (laughs) i'm trying to phrase this so carefully so i don't you know offend any nwa fans i think they deserve you know a little bit of a bigger platform than the NWA, but I do think this street fight is going to attract a lot of eyes. And I love women's tag team wrestling. And, you know, maybe Triple H will watch it and he'll be like, he'll be like taking notes. He's like, oh, yeah, we could do that. I maybe. Yeah. And, you know, um, Ella Envy um, has kind of been the reason for some of these controversial finishes and their matches lately. So I'm interested to see how the Pretty Empowered kind of handle this match and the results of it. Um, Yeah, I'm just excited. Yeah, it'll definitely be, I think it'll be a lot different than what we're used to seeing from these teams. Just because, I don't know, the hype of the street fight and like all the story here. I think, you know, maybe (laughs) I could be completely wrong because NWA, but... I think we're definitely going to see a lot of something a little bit different. And I'd love to see women's wrestling placed in a position where it can be different. And the promotion is like behind them and the fans are behind them and everything. Um, And maybe my expectations are too high and I'm going to be so disappointed. But listen. But I think like, especially with teams like this, like we don't typically see them in these kinds of settings. Like Mm -hmm. it's really exciting to see kind of, how they branch out because street fights are obviously a lot different than just a normal wrestling match. <laughs> yeah. And I hope it's a street fight where like they actually like use weapons and, yeah. you know, beat each other up because some brutality. Cause on SummerSlam, we saw a no DQ tag match that had like one chair shot. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's get, listen I think no DQ street fight, like all these stipulation matches are built for tag teams. Mm -hmm. Like it's so much better with tag teams. Yeah. I love the more people in these matches, the better. Like there's just so much that you could do. Like it's just a wider field. Yeah. And I think, you know, and my love for the hex is not unknown. I talk about them all the time. People ask me, all the time. Well, what's your favorite women's tag team? Like, if you're such a big FTR fan and a Young Bucks fan, like, what's your favorite women's tag team? I like the Hex. There's no other choices. <laughs> it's got to be the Hex. And, you know, it was the Iconics. I know. R.I.P. the Iconics. I'm going to say, but- while we're on that topic, I, Triple H, listen, if you're listening, please bring Billy Kay back. Thank you. Yes! Bring her back. You could even stick her with Alexa. That'd be good. It would, please bring her back. But anyway, <laughs> Triple H, also Triple H, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> that was just kidding. <laughs> also, Triple H, if you're listening, um, Toxic Attraction, like, break them up. Um, I, I, think, I think we need to. Okay. Also, Triple H, if you're listening, um, the, the Usos, yeah. First of all, where is Solo Sokoa? Um, and also break, break break up, you know, the tribal chief, he needs to lose his title. He needs to go away for a little bit. And then the well, Usos listen, really- you know, if if 
what Fightful Select is reporting is true, you know. <laughs> you have to bring it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Haley just loves to bring up all the wrestlers that I hate and all the things that I hate. Listen, you brought, you're the one that brought up Roman Reigns, okay? And I said he goes away, and I moved on to the Usos. Why are the Usos still champion? I don't know. I'm Street so annoyed with it. should have won that match. I'm so upset they did it. I, what, are, what are we doing with the Usos? Not to bring it back to WWE after talking about the Hex, but... After we were just so positive about them. See, we have a balance. We can be critical and we can be positive. This is what we need. I feel like the, you know, the bloodline, like, has run its course. And I think people are starting to get over it. And, you know, the, you know, the, what would it say? Acknowledge, all acknowledge me, like the, the tribal chief daddy shirts. What would it say? Yeah. Um, acknowledge... I don't. I don't even know. I don't know. Acknowledge your daddy. Something like that. That's not helping the situation. Yeah. Triple H. So listen, <laughs> Triple H, if you're listening, I can help you, and I can help. The first step one is taking the Usos and Roman Reigns, lose their belts, and get them off TV. Please. Please. <sighs> You did. Brock's gone. Now Brock, it's Roman's turn. He rode out on his tractor going back to his farm. He's gone. <laughs> and I hope he's gone for a long time. Yeah. And I he think we need to do the same with Roman. Here. Like, you really can't build as, you know, the Triple H era, especially with the tag team division. You can't build if the looming threat of these, you know, double champions is over your division. Yeah. Like you can't. We need to stop. We need to stop. Do a reset. Get rid of them. Say goodbye, and build back the division. And then you can bring them back, and life will be good. But if all the belts are on these three guys, then what? How? What are you going to do, Triple H? The tag team division has no one in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally nobody left. <laughs> no one, Triple H. And you know why? It's because they all got fed to the Usos. So let's reverse the curse. And. <laughs> I love that. Reverse get, the curse. Get rid of the Usos and rebuild. That's that's my conclusion about the Triple H era. <laughs> of all the things to get rid of, he get, he doesn't get rid of the Usos. <laughs> <laughs> my God. Why? Man, what an episode. What We started with the Hung Bucks and we finished with the Usos. Like, what a timeline. Listen, the comparisons... <laughs> This was a great episode. Should we plug um, the Hung Buck special we're doing on Romanticized Wrestling? I think we should. So, if you don't know by now, Haley and I have started a new venture. It's called Romanticized Wrestling. Basically, we're going to talk about all the stories in wrestling and all, like, the, you know, the romantic moments from Tag Talk. They're still going to be here. Tag Talk will continue as normal. But we're going to dive a lot deeper into stories and symbolism and metaphors and like all like the literature stuff like the film analysis storytelling stuff we're going to do that in romanticized wrestling we're going to do um, a hung buck special this week did we pick the time for it to go up didn't we yeah we said it's going to go up before dynamite on wednesday it'll be up by 6 p.m yeah so wednesday romanticized wrestling that's the name of the uh youtube channel um you can follow it on twitter at romantic wrestle uh, or just follow us on Twitter and we'll 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 get you where you need to be. We're gonna do a Hung Bucks uh, deep dive episode. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and 
we're really excited about this venture. Like, you know, a lot of you guys have responded warmly to our storytelling, you know, tangents and our analysis and everything. And like Haley said, she wrote the article about Hangman Page and the butterflies and that, you know, a lot of you really, really loved that and want to see more of that in wrestling media. So we're here to provide. We're giving the people what they want. And what you want is stories. So we got That's you. what we want to. Yes. If anyone is going to give you good stories, it's going to be the girls with ADHD who <laughs> for hours at a time. Listen, you guys, I, I hyper fixated on that Hangman Butterfly article for like four hours. <laughs> like, I, love I was up into the dead of night just typing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then that's the kind of dedication you'll get at Romanticized Wrestling. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so follow us on Twitter for more of that. Um, Haley, do you want to do your plugs? I mean, you basically did my plugs for me, but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter right there um, to find out everything that we're doing other than romanticized wrestling. Um, And like I said, please, please, please go check out my piece on Hangman and his butterfly pants and just the butterfly effect of um, Hangman Page, um, especially if you aren't well-versed in the Elite slash Hungbuck storyline. I dive a little into that and tease that so you can check that out on bodyslam.net and yeah um yeah so go on her twitter to find that um it'll be linked somewhere if not it's it's on my it's her pin tweet go to her twitter for that if not i tweet if you can't find it somehow i retweeted it i've been talking about it so follow me on twitter at fuller underscore kylie i post everything i'm doing there um you can see me every Sunday, Tag Talk at 5 on Fightful Overbooked, every Monday at 3 on Body Slam Net for Code of Honor, where we talk all things Ring of Honor. Uh, the, August is a little weird for us because I'm doing some traveling. Kyle, my co-host, is doing some traveling for work. And then, you know, the beginning of September is all out. So it's going to be weird. We're going to try to find ways to make it work. We'll do our best. But normally, every Monday at 3 on Body Slam Net YouTube channel. Um, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Uh, there's a lot of great shows going on here. If, I don't know if you've noticed, but Fightful Overbooked is on the road. Uh, so subscribe, um, like this video, comment below, do all the things. You guys know the YouTube stick. Um, did I forget anything? I don't think I forgot anything. No. So that being said, thank you for watching Tag Talk. We had a great time talking about the Hung Bucks. Um, we told you so. And also, we really did tell you so. Yes, I, I literally we laid the story out for you guys. Like, you, if you know, you know. But <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.